BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DUG. That's DUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2024 Santa Fe, available early 2024. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the City of Angels. Side of an epic showdown. In a city unlike any other. Chargers. Rams. Sunday. 
But before we get to Sunday, we got Thursday. And man, Thursday night football should be at least interesting, if not, and probably not good, right? Like, I, I can't sell you on Jets and Browns being good football, but I can sell you on it being interesting football. The Cleveland Browns last won a game December 24th, 2016. December 24th, 2016. I was working at a different company. John Ramos was working on a different show. I mean, oh my gosh, how many things have changed since December 24th, 2016 when they beat the then San Diego Chargers. The Chargers weren't even in L.A. then. And so there are some that will tell you tonight is the end of an era. An era in which the Browns, and by the way, that was the Browns' only win of that season. Uh, it's the end of an era in which the Browns are winless for a year and a half. And I would tell you that instead of cheering for the Browns, you should root for the Jets. Oh, yeah. You should. America should be Jets fans. And it's not because of anything anyone doesn't like about Cleveland. It has zero to do with LeBron leaving. It has everything to do with streaks that come to an end. I remember when in 2003 when the Yankees behind Aaron effing Boone, it took them 14 innings to deliver the death blow. They beat the Boston Red Sox in the playoffs. Do you guys remember that? 2004 was one of the greatest moments in sports history or series of moments. I lived in Burlington, Connecticut at the time. It was my second full year working at ESPN. And living in Connecticut, you're right in between. Uh, you have some mass. You have some what are called mass holes. That's what they're called, right? Massachusetts expatriates that live there. And you have some, uh, you know, you have some Yankee fans that live there as well. So you're right in the middle of Yan- Yankees. Red Sox used to matter. Why? Because the Yankees Always beat the Red Sox. Red Sox hadn't won a World Series in 84 years. And they had, and they're down three games to none. And while it was incredible what happened, Dave Roberts steals second base. He gets hit in, and the rest, as they say, is history. And the comeback is on. I remember that, that same year in 2003 was when the Cubs had the Marlins dead to rights. You guys remember that? Cubs, Marlins? Ramos, what was the name of the fan who went after the baseball that was right there on the wall? That would be Steve Bartman. Steve Bartman. Do you remember what the player's name played for the Chicago Cubs? Moises Alou. Moises Alou lost his mind. Lost his mind. Game six. The NL playoffs, Moises Alou goes down the line and a fan interferes with the ball. Moises Alou, like, like a petulant child, throws his mitt in disgust. And what's happened since? 
all the great streaks in baseball over, right? Red Sox won. Then the White Sox, 88 years, they won. And then I mean, the only thing we got left, I guess, is the Indians. They were in the World Series. I mean, but the, the Cubs, over 100 years of not winning. And every time somebody overcomes some incredible streak, we make it out. This is the greatest thing ever. And by the way, the, the Red Sox comeback, and I'm not a Red Sox fan, is the greatest comeback ever. And there are everyone else is fighting for second place. But the Yankees are going to play the Red Sox probably in the playoffs this year. Matter of fact, the Yankees just beat the Red Sox 10-1 to to pretty much cement themselves as getting home field advantage for the AL wildcard game. And by the way, the Dodgers basically won the NLS last night with a Yasiel Puig pinch hit, three-run home run in the bottom of the seventh inning. I mean, baseball's been really good at Chavez Ravine with the NL West being decided the last couple of days. Feels like the Rockies are not going to make it. Feels like the cards are anyway. My point is the Yankees and the Red Sox are probably going to play in this year in the playoffs, the two best teams in the American League, and it's going to be good. It's not going to be like it was. And so this has nothing to do with Cleveland per se, but it has everything to do with Cleveland's futility streak. I love futility streaks. I love the, I, I love just the idea that Cleveland, even when, like they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers and Pittsburgh can't find a way to win a game and they got to line up for a field goal. You're like, they're finally going to do it. They're finally going to, they're not going to do it. That's what I want to see happen tonight because that's sports, right? That's sports. When you can't explain how could the Chicago Cubs go over a hundred years without winning a world series? And we can sit there and say, well, you know, the, the ownership didn't make the investment. Hell, the Rays, the, the Tempe Devil Rays went to the World Series and they've dumped plenty of players and their fans don't care. Like it has no, it's just, it, it's these inexplicable things to, which to, if you came in from outer space or from a different country, you couldn't possibly, you couldn't possibly understand. But if you live here long enough, you're like, hey, you know, the Browns are just supposed to be bad at football. They're just supposed to be unlucky. They gave up the drive, and then the next year, Ernest Biner's going into the end zone. He fumbles the ball. Why? Sports. There's something unlucky about those Cleveland Browns. And right now, they have the longest futility streak in the National Football League. Haven't won a game since the Chargers were in San Diego. I mean, 2016 seems, I mean, different president. I had a different job. Chargers were in a different city. Half the Browns were a different team. So if, if you think that you're tuning in tonight to see the Browns win, you should not. You should cheer to see the Browns lose. You want to see history. How long can this thing go? How many different ways can they find a way to screw it up? Right? That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, and maybe I'm a is it misogynist? Is that what the, that's the term we're looking for? Maybe uh, maybe I'm hoping for the worst. And I I have, but I don't I don't do that in life. 
Like, I don't hope for bad things. I want good things to happen to good people. And I'm sure there are good people within the Browns organization. But futility streaks in sports, when they come to an end, we celebrate them. But it makes it less watchable. It just does. So much more fun when you can't win. How are they going to screw this one up? I can't wait to see how they're going to screw this one up. Right? Even, it was even, how many games was it, Ramos, that the Dodgers bullpen found a way consecutively, like seven consecutive games that the that the bullpen blew when Kenley Jansen was out with the hard arrhythmia? Yeah, they had a lot of trouble. Like, that's- again, that was a, that's like a small sample size. But just the idea of they go to the bullpen, you're like, oh, this is going to be bad. And it's almost comical how bad it is. That's what I'm looking for tonight. And then you factor in, hey, they could have had Sam Darnold and Sam Darnold's playing quarterback for the Jets, right? That, that that could have been your guy. Like, that part does intrigue me. The idea that they were on hard docks and that there was this huff and bluster about how they actually really are a talented team. Um, I, I, I don't know. Call me whatever you want to call me, but I would, I'm the one guy in America that has no ties to either team and I so desperately want to see the Browns play really, really well. Show themselves to be a talented team. And then find a way to lose the very last second so that this streak keeps going. Now I'm that guy. But I'm going to admit what many of you, just like you, this is not rooting for Notre Dame in football or Duke in basketball. Historically great program. This is, I love bad streaks. And I hate when they come to an end. Because it's almost comical how teams that should rightfully find a way to win games because of their culture, because of their history, or maybe it's it's our just assumption of both, they find a way to lose it. 877-99-FOX is the phone number. 877-99-ON-FOX. You know, uh, there's also our new All Ball podcast is up. I have tweeted it out. I've put it on our Facebook page as well. It's part two of the Scott Brooks conversation. We're going to talk a little bit later on the show about Jimmy Butler. Uh, Jimmy Butler has said six words that I don't believe have ever been said by an NBA star in the history of the English language. Six words. Tell you what those six words are upcoming. But coming up next, Ed Werder is going to join us. We'll get his thoughts on tonight's game. Are we going to see Baker Mayfield? Are there any buyer's remorse coming out of Cleveland? Um, and I want to get his thoughts on and his insights on what's going on in Pittsburgh. It seems like a bit of a dumpster fire, but is that just us reacting to the inner workings of an NFL team, which is getting exposed to the public? Edward always has more He'll join us next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This program brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Last year, over 3 million drivers switched to Progressive. Call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or visit Progressive.com today and find out if you could save. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, 
Dan Byer and I got in a little bit of a back and forth. It was mostly a fourth. Not a lot coming back over what what John Gruden said yesterday. Uh, now that we've heard the entirety of the quote, I actually think my point is even more strong. Um, we'll get to, we'll get to that a little bit later on the show. And uh, boy, quarterbacks, the really good ones, could be really good politicians. We'll get to that upcoming. Let's welcome in Ed Werder, a legendary NFL insider who simply knows more about what's really going on inside this league than just about anybody on earth. And he joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Check out his Doomsday podcast. Um, Ed, help me out on Pittsburgh. Uh, th- this is a team which, on paper, you would think a ton of offensive talent. And though the defense hasn't seemingly recovered with the loss of Ryan Shazier, I mean, look, Kansas City has no defense, and yet they're 2-0. and What's really going on inside that locker room in Pittsburgh? Well, you know, obviously uh, there's a lot of apparent dysfunction, and it wouldn't be surprising if it emanated from the team's inability to get Le'Veon Bell uh, back with the organization after he refused to sign his franchise tender and play for $14.5 million this year. You know, he's given up two game checks now. He's worth about $850,000. A very unusual move for a player to be this committed to his position that he's giving up millions of dollars that he may never recapture. And I think when... When you look and see the totality of what happened with Antonio Brown, uh, probably the best receiver in the NFL, certainly one of the best three. Uh, you know, I think he's frustrated about a lot of things. Uh, you know, he says he's frustrated about not winning, and he's an emotional guy. He, he's known to have a great work ethic. And I think those feelings of frustration are amplified for players when they feel they're doing everything they can to win, and their sense of it is the organization has not reciprocated that commitment. In other words, they blame the organization for Bell's absence and believe that's a big part of their failure on the field. Now, beyond that, you know, Antonio Brown obviously you know, got, had an emotional exchange with a coach during the game, uh, but he got plenty of targets. He got 13 targets. Uh, he's the most targeted receiver in football through two games, 33 times Ben Roethlisberger's thrown to him, but they've only connected on a little over 55, 55% of those. And, and some of that's probably because, you know, he's kind of the downfield guy, uh, and so the odds of completing a pass like that are much lower. That being said, you're right, they've been unable to overcome uh, their defensive shortcomings. You know, they've been giving up 29 points a game, since uh, the unfortunate injury to Ryan Shazier uh, and, and potentially ending his career, they were giving up 17 points a game in the seven games uh, with Shazier before that occurred. So uh, this is a situation that's really interesting to watch. Uh, you know, Mike Tomlin trying to navigate this whole thing. A lot of people think that despite his success, that he's way too much of a player's coach. He said he met with Brown this week, uh, said Brown's going to practice. He did discipline him. Uh, through some unknown means. It'll be interesting to see if he's out there for the first series against Tampa Bay. I mean, but the whole idea of he's going to discipline him, like double-seeker probation, was he's going to be like, uh, was it Dr. Evil in Austin Powers 2? Don't you ever do that again! Oh, I can't stay mad at you. That's what it, it feels It feels like to me. <laughs> um, it's the, the Antonio Brown thing is fascinating. Like, look, we gave you all this money. We throw the ball to you all the time, and you're still not happy. And I get it, like... Hey, if you had Le'Veon Bell, there'd be more guys committed to Le'Veon, which would open you up more. 
but maybe we can afford Le'Veon more had we not given you all this money. Like there is a, there is this. There's always a hypocrisy to teams, but there's almost this hypocrisy to the stance of Antonio Brown. We gave you more money than anybody at the position, and we throw you the ball more than anybody else in the league. What more do you want from us? Right. I just think a lot of it is just the general issue, which is that the Steelers are 0-1-1, and and this is the first time, only the second time in Ben Roethlisberger's 15-year career that they've been winless after two games. And again, I think you know a lot of it is that they were unable to reconcile their situation with Bell. Uh, you know, we heard a lot of linemen, you know, unusual for linemen or anybody else to publish, uh, publicly criticize a teammate over money. We saw that uh, not too many weeks ago with the Steelers. So it's going to be really fascinating to see what the ultimate resolution is with Bell and what the team's reaction will be if they wind up trading him, which ultimately that may be the best potential solution for the Steelers to yeah. recoup something for this great player. Do you, what, what's the likelihood you think that happens? Oh, I think there's every possibility that it happens. I mean, at some point, uh, uh, especially if the Steelers continue to lose, they're going to recognize that this season is essentially a throwaway for them and that Bell's not going to come back and play for them under almost any circumstances next year. They've already determined that they can't afford to sign him to a long-term deal. And so why not then get something of value in return from a team that needs a running back? Like, well, the 49ers lost their starting running back right before the season, but they have the leading rusher in football right now. So maybe it's the Indianapolis Colts if they can you know, hang in there in the AFC South. Indianapolis Colts trading for a running back. Granted, Le'Veon Bell far better than the last running back they traded for midseason, but that, that – his, Trent Richardson, yeah, yeah, he's a little better. Yeah, Trent just Richardson. a little bit, a little bit better. But it, it does, it does bring up the hesitance to trade for running back. Ed Werder joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio tonight on the NFL Network. You got Browns versus Jets. I, I told the world I'm, I'm not privately, I'm publicly rooting for the Jets, not because I have any affinity for for the Jets. I do have an affinity for Sam Darnold and the idea of you could have had this guy instead. You took the other guy. It's more. I just like futility streaks and when they come to an end suddenly it's you're not that interesting anymore like red Sox and yankees for example or the white Sox or the cubs um but what about baker mayfield uh tarod taylor has not been nearly maybe what he's billed to be right everybody said well not respected enough and he he's been kind of subpar the offense is built more around the skill set of what baker can ultimately deliver what's the likelihood we see baker tonight uh, well, I, you know, I think uh, primarily unless Tyrod Taylor plays terribly or is injured, then I'm, we're not going to see Baker Mayfield. I was talking to somebody uh, in the Browns organization today and asking about that possibility, and what I was told was we're going to win with Tyrod first. Well, you're going to win with Tyrod first? I mean, this is a team that hasn't won a game in 635 days. How long are you going to be waiting here? Um, but uh, uh, So it's been, it's been a long time, but you know, Todd Haley uh, will have a voice in this decision, I think. And to me, Doug, it's interesting to note that, you know, he's a descendant of Bill Parcells when it comes to offensive football. And I remember uh, Parcells, even after he benched Drew Bledsoe at halftime and put Tony Romo in, uh, and Romo was Romo, he had a bunch of interceptions and turnovers, and he had a bunch of great plays as well. Uh, the next day, Parcells was really anguished about whether he should continue with Romo as a starter, and somebody said to him, well, what do you got to lose, Bill? And he said, I'll tell you what you got to lose. You got the quarterback to lose if he's not ready. And so I think that's the thing with Mayfield. While we see uh, through hard knocks and, and, and everything else, everything we can tell, the guy seems more than ready to play. And, you know, Sam Darnold, as you mentioned, is going to be across the field starting his third game in 
uh, what, 11 days for the Jets. Uh, he's playing, and, so, and Baker was taken in front of him. So, yeah, I, I think at some point it's going to become, whether they win or they lose, despite what I was told today, at some point it's going to become in the Browns coaching staff's best interest, especially Hugh Jackson if he wants to remain, to use that Baker Mayfield timing of his first start uh, to his advantage. The New York Giants decided to trade out general managers, trade out head coaches, uh, and and instead of investing in their future with the quarterback, getting Saquon Barkley. They threw to Barkley 14 times against the Dallas Cowboys, but those are check down throws, only 80 yards in those 14 completions. Um, you know the inside of this, this front office with the New York Giants. Uh, they thought coming into the year that you had a couple years left with Eli Manning. Is that still the same feeling? Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I don't know at this point that, that they regret what they did. And, and, and I think I said last week, well, when, when you're going to take the – you know, Saquon Barkley, number two overall, and you're going to leave Sam Darnold and, you know, four other quarterbacks in the first round on the board, then uh, you have to justify that decision. You have to you have to get to another Super Bowl. Eli Manning's got to win a third Super Bowl, or this was a failed decision because you've given up uh, an opportunity to secure your future at the most important position in football for a decade or more. And in this particular case, the Jets are realizing the benefit of that. And, you know, that's the team that's in the same market with the, with the Giants. And, uh, that being said, you know, Dave Gettleman, the general manager, said, hey, it took, him, it took him two seconds to make this decision. They had Barkley as the number one player on their board, and they got him at number two, and so they felt there was great value in that. Uh, I really, I'm not c- convinced, even after that, watching that game the other night against Dallas, uh, Eli getting sacked six times in the game, that Eli is really the main problem. I think the main problem, as it's been, is really protecting Eli Manning. Uh, they've got great skill position people around him at running back, at wide receiver, at tight end, uh, young, fast, dynamic players uh, who can go the distance from anywhere on the field. But ultimately, I think we've all learned that if you don't have an adequate offensive line, it doesn't matter how good your skill position players are. They're not going to be able to use their talents to your full advantage. Ed Werder joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Follow him on Twitter, Ed Werder RFA, or check out the Doomsday Podcast. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 2-0, and and Ryan Fitzpatrick is a big reason why. Uh, what's the likelihood that Jameis Winston gets his job back as of now uh, after Monday Night Football? Right, he's, he's scheduled to return from uh, a three-game suspension after the game on Monday night, and then they have a short week to get ready, obviously, uh, to play a really good defense in the Chicago Bears. And I almost don't think it matters what Ryan Fitzpatrick does in this game against the Steelers, and, and given how bad the Steeler defense is, as you alluded to earlier, uh, he should be able to do more great things in this game. I think this is uh, Fitzpatrick's team. Uh, he's thrown five touchdown passes to Deshaun Jackson, who was uh, criticized heavily last year for lack of performance. Winston's only thrown him one touchdown pass. So I think the veterans are solidly behind uh, Fitzpatrick at this point. You're, you look at Dirk Cutter. He's a guy who's coaching for his job. Nobody would have been surprised that he'd been fired last year. Uh, and quite honestly, Fitz, Fitzpatrick has earned this opportunity. Now, uh, is he going to continue to throw for 400 yards and four touchdown passes? He's the first guy in history to do it in, in consecutive wins at the start of the season. Uh, history would tell you no. In his first 133 games, 13-year career, he's done it once before. Um, but he's had two fantastic games. Uh, offensively, they're near the, the best in the league because of their 
ability to throw the football and create big plays at an unprecedented pace. But we all know how it ultimately ends with Fitz. I mean, uh, 14 seasons, seven teams, no playoff appearances. So at some point it's going to make sense for, for Winston to go back and, and, and take over the Bucks again. Uh, they've committed $21 million to him next year on his fifth-year option. I just don't think that's going to happen until it occurs in a natural progression where it becomes obvious that either uh, they need him to bolster the offense or Fitzpatrick gets hurt or Fitzpatrick goes back to being what he's been for most of his career. Ed Werder. Ed, great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. Look forward to talking with you next week. Nice to be on with you, Doug. Thanks very much. Ed Werder, RFA, is the Twitter handle. The Doomsday Podcast is one that you should download. Let's quickly get you to Dan Fire. What's new, Dan? Quick look at the leaderboard at Eastlake. First round of the Tour Championship, and Tiger Woods is on that leaderboard. Three under par through 14 holes. He's one shot back of Ricky Fowler in the 30-player field that will wrap up the 2017-2018 PGA Tour season. Rory McIlroy is at minus two, just two shots back of the lead. Phil Mickelson taking a nice stroll, plus five through 12. Phil, 30th out of 30 players. Ohio State defensive end Nick Bosa out indefinitely following surgery to repair a core muscle injury. Ohio State faces Tulane coming up this Saturday. Tonight, Jets and Browns, week three in the NFL, 820 Eastern time. Cleveland wide receiver Jarvis Landry expected to play despite being listed as questionable with a knee injury. Steelers wide receiver Antonio Brown showed up at practice not only yesterday but also today and today actually spoke with the media yeah you gotta write stories about everything i'm pissed off we lost the games if you guys want to talk to me let's talk i'm right here i'm not hiding from none of you i don't have from no one from liberty city what about sunday though you you weren't available on sunday why did you leave i was but i left early i'm pissed off we lost we didn't win the game you guys frustrated i thought you guys were around here supposed to be writing about winning also antonio brown going head-to-head with the media yesterday today at uh, the Steelers headquarters. They've got the Buccaneers coming up on Monday. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers had out practice today to rest his injured knee. Have a feeling we're going to hear that a lot. Of course, the Packers take the take on the Redskins coming up Sunday in Washington. Doug? Interesting on Antonio Brown. He's, uh, but listen, I'm, I, we're not winning. I'm mad we're not winning. That's why I'm mad. Like, okay. Got it. Noted. Noted. I'm from Liberty City, from Miami. So obviously that's like, oh, you're from Liberty. Oh, well, then okay. I, I just, okay. Tough side of the tracks in Miami. Great football town. Understood. But that doesn't somehow like, look, you weren't, I, I, I'd never shy away from the media. You actually weren't here Sunday. I never shy away from the media. You didn't show up Monday to practice either. I'm here now. <laughs> right? Okay, the idea I'm I'm mad, I'm mad. I I actually do buy that as a viable excuse. I don't. It's not the way in which he's portraying it. But if you just go like, "Hey, you ever got an argument? What are you supposed to do? Count to ten, right? That's my way of counting to ten. I just I would have said something that would have been worse had I stayed and answered questions to the media. But this whole like, "Hey, I don't ever run from the media." Yeah, but you weren't here. You haven't been in front of the media since the game. Well, now I don't run from the media. So uh, there's this thing that quarterbacks have to be able to do. They don't have to win you. They don't have to win me. They got to own that locker room. It's one of the things about Colin Kaepernick that does not get discussed enough is he lost the locker room for a good portion of time when he was the quarterback of the San Francisco 
49ers. Remember, there was the old, he wouldn't take off his headphones thing. You remember that? Like he, w- he won't take off his headphones. Really not sitting well with all of us. And because he lost that locker room, he essentially lost his job. To Blaine Gabbert, who I, I don't think that Blaine Gabbert is as big a uh, presence but he was Switzerland. He was kind of neutral, and he's people like Blaine Gabbert, big old dude. I actually have a friend who sat next to Blaine. He was texting me. He's like, hey, I'm sitting next to Blaine Gabbert on the plane. What should I talk about? I go, not football. But I've, I've, actually, I've met Blaine. Blaine. He's a good dude. Good dude. Genu- generally well-liked in league circles. That's one of the reasons that he's going to remain in. But uh, there's something that the best of the best do something that's kind of next level. I want you to take a listen to Joe Flacco, then Aaron Rodgers. First, here's Flacco yesterday talking about the new defensive rules. Listen, this is football, man. We all sign up to get hit. It's a violent sport. It's meant to be that way. I definitely have feelings for those guys over there because not only are they penalizing people you know, and affecting outcomes of games, but they're also taking paychecks away from people and they're acting like it's no big deal. Well, it is a big deal. It's a lot of money uh, for anybody. So there's a lot of issues with it. I noticed that he didn't say, I will pay for your fines, right? Like the next step is I'll pay for your, now, hey, I got it. Oh, I got it. Or even do the thing that this is the real money thing. Pick up somebody's tab who's not sitting with you. Do, do that one. I've done it uh, three times in my life. One time it was a guy who's in full military garb. I was at, flying out of Hartford. And a buddy of mine is like, hey, you ever pick up tab? I always pick up tab for military guys. It's like, oh, that's a great idea. And then like a month later, I just happened to be at sitting. There's like one, I think it's called like the Black Bear or something. It's like the one sports bar there at, uh, or bar or whatever at uh, Bradley Airport. And a guy walked up kind of full military. And I just told my waitress like, hey, get mine. And then whatever he has, get it. please don't tell him who did it. And again, this is not a me bragging thing. It's a, I had a friend who said you should pay it forward and it's a good way to do it. And then a buddy of mine is named Peter Reeve, who uh, he used to, he was my car guy in Connecticut. It was the greatest deal ever. Not because I was getting, I cut some spots for him, but it was more like when I had to have service on my car, I'd get up in the morning and a different car would be in my driveway and then I'd leave it there and then he'd change cars on the way home at night. It was great. So one time we were all at dinner. To, we were at dinner with some other friends and he was at dinner with his wife and I picked up the tab. He didn't know who or whatever. So the, that's the moneyest thing that Flacco could do is like, hey, I got his, I got it. But even Aaron Rodgers and Rodgers, one of the things that Packer fans are missing is that the call that was called on Clay Matthews was called on the Minnesota Vikings and it helped the, the Packers get a field goal, I believe, in the first half. Rodgers admitted that the calls were the same, but he, too, was, is trying to make himself um, make himself more likable inside the locker room. Take a listen. You know, we enjoy the protection below the knee and, and above the shoulders, but I don't know many quarterbacks who want those calls. You know, there's, there's very few opportunities in the game for us to show any type of toughness. We're not getting hit every play. Hopefully not. You know, the, the one on me, I don't think that's rough in the passer either. But I'm a traditionist. I've watched the game and loved the game for a long time. And some of the rules, I think, help. Um, but some of the rules, you know, maybe are going uh, 
going the wrong direction. They're trying to think about the, the progress of the game and the safety and stuff, but it's still a collision sport, and those to me are not uh, penalties on Clay or on Kendricks. I, I think it's a very smart and believable way of selling us on this. But if you're going to err on one side, and you're Aaron Rodgers who just missed half a season because of a broken collarbone because uh, somebody landed on you, you're like, look, dude, we're actually trying to protect. This is designed to protect you. It's the Aaron Rodgers rule. Aaron Rodgers rule. Now nah, I'm a traditionalist. I prefer my wide receivers getting ear hold. I like when dudes land on me. I like to show my toughness, right? I, I like when my when I lose a tooth and then I and then I I got blood going down my I, that's yeah, that's what I like. I, I when I when I get ear hold and I can't identify who's on my team or which sideline is mine, I hear NFL films music playing in the background. It makes me feel more like a football player. I'm sorry that those sound like political answers, not really believable answers. Now's a fantastic time to buy a new Honda. Visit shophonda.com or visit your local Honda dealer today. Guess who could be signing Colin Kaepernick? Find out next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Previously on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Let's check this out. D.D. Westbrook joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. You realize that you've thrown more balls in a game than Baker has? Statistically, you've had more pass attempts in an NFL game than Baker Mayfield has. Uh, that's just for right now. Uh, so for right now, yeah, I guess I can say that feels great. Is he aware of your passing numbers? I mean, negative six is not exactly what you're looking for. But is he aware of your ability to throw football? Uh. Yeah, he's very aware. Uh, we had plays at the University of Oklahoma where I was throwing the football, but, you know, most of the times I was running it, but uh, I used to warm up with the quarterbacks at OU. So, yeah, he's very aware. Wait, so how, how good are your throwing skills? Very good. I can I can play quarterback. At my junior college, I was a second-string quarterback. I heard you're more zone read, and you like to keep it more than ever. You know, it was a lot of RPO, but it was more it was more run and run to me option. There wasn't a lot of pass options. I'm just looking at the scanner report right. on you, DD. I'm just being honest. Right, right, right. You're you're most definitely right. But at the end of the day, if that opportunity was there for me to throw the ball, you best believe I was throwing it. DD Westbrook soon, soon to be running Philly special for the Jacksonville Jaguars for sure. Let's get to a game. This is Game Time. It's Game Time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. You can borrow up to $40,000 to pay off your high-interest debt. Credit cards with Lending Club. Go to LendingClub.com slash playbook today. Check your rate in minutes. That's LendingClub.com slash playbook. All loans made with, made by WebBank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Dan Byer, what do you got? Don Byer. The game today is... Guess who? All right, Doug. Guess who has the most valuable franchise in the NFL for the 12th straight year? Dallas Cowboys. Yes, that is correct. Jerry Jones' team valued at $5 billion by Forbes. Second on that list, the New England Patriots at $3.8 billion. But the Cowboys, once again, at least at the top of one ranking when it comes to the NFL. Yeah, that's funny. Um, There's a couple things here. First of all, to anyone who says, well, you know, see, they look at how much, so who cares they lose money? In order to make that money, you do realize you have to sell it. Secondly... These, like, mysterious prices, right? They're these mysterious values or whatever. You, you have to find somebody who's willing to pay that. And the, the Patriots one is really remarkable. It, it was a downtrodden franchise before they got the new stadium and before they got Tom Brady and Bill Belichick together. It really was. So that's 
The Cowboys are the Cowboys. They were uh, they were incredible before, and they'll be incredible after. It also points to Jerry Jones as a magnificent businessman. Did he pay fifty million dollars for what he paid? Paid something ridiculously low for them. Anyway, um, I love these though. These kind of fictitious numbers. I'll buy in though. Uh, but he bought the Cowboys for how much? Take a guess how much he bought the Cowboys for. Um, I'll say seventy-five million. Okay, it's higher than that. I actually matched it, but but Ramos, you want to take a guess? More than seventy-five. A hundred million. A little bit more. What do you got? One twenty-five. One hundred forty million dollars. Billion dollars. So I don't know if he can get five billion for it. I don't understand why he couldn't because he's got that stadium and the Panthers just sold for like two point eight, right? Two point eight. So it seems like a reasonable, probably reasonable in that in that kind of wheelhouse. That's an unbelievable profit, right? Five million dollars from one hundred forty million. Holy cow! Not a bad deal. No. Nope. On average, Forbes is saying that the increase for NFL teams from a year ago was two percent. That was the smallest increase they've had in seven years. Guess who, Doug, could be interested in signing Colin Kaepernick if you believe his attorney's hints. The Raiders and Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, Kaepernick's attorney Mark Garagos hinted that one of those two teams could be interested in signing Kaepernick maybe as soon as next week. So, wait, there's not a conspiracy to keep him out of the league? And I do understand the conspiracy uh, to keep him out of the league. Uh, what's the what's the term? What's, what are they suing for? Um, collusion. Collusion. Collusion does not have to be with all thirty te- all thirty two teams, but the idea that you're suing for collusion and then you might get signed next week is at least a little ironic. Guess who? Doug is going to be without their All America defensive end for the near future. Ohio State. Three for three, defensive end Nick Bosa underwent surgery to repair a core muscle injury. Buckeyes have Tulane this Saturday and then a week from Saturday at Penn State. Ramos, the core muscle is the middle. There's actually muscles usually located. Yeah, the core muscles. I love those. (laughs) Guess who, Doug, has unveiled new logos and nicknames for four of the teams in their league? Huh. Uh, Logos and nicknames. Four teams. No idea. Go with W. Uh, go with uh, NHL. No. Uh, MLS. No. Uh, WNBA. No. The no. the Alliance of American Football, the new league that is going to be starting in the fall, the AAF. The league announced that the team names would be the Atlanta Legends. Legends. Birmingham Iron. <laughs> well, they used to have the Iron Bowl there. It's Iron City. That actually okay. Memphis Express. FedEx. Got it. And Orlando Apollos. Why Apollos? Because uh, screaming children at Disney World would not work. That's why. (laughs) That was the. (laughs) Oh, come on. Hell! Try the veal. What else you got? Don Don Bio. Guess who revealed their new jump shot in a video on the Players Tribune? Uh, That'd be Markel Fultz. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I love those. No one guarding him. In a quiet gym, but at least the form is there for Mark. I don't actually think the form is great. There's still a hitch in it. There's a little, watch the release. There's a little, he's he's pushing the ball, and there's a little hitch in it. And those hitches are, when you get to real basketball, made worse. Like, I wouldn't have put that video out there. I don't, you know, I don't think that's a great idea. Not a great idea. Finally, I was going to say, finally, I guess who on the crew, Doug? Once served as an analyst on a sports broadcast that was televised in the city of Los Angeles. John Ramos. No. Uh, Dan Byer. 
No. No, it was Ryan Music who did nah, the. I'm not a music guy. Did the uh, analyst work for a volleyball match? I think it was last year, the year before. I was randomly scanning the channels and I saw a volleyball match. I'm like, oh, those voices sound familiar. David Gascott, who works here at Fox, and Ryan Music were on music the call is for the a match. Bridge. Uh, guess who got? Guess who? Uh, got a text from Ryan Music about strawberries in his refrigerator early this morning. You. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there are fresh strawberries in the fridge, but I think they're behind some stuff, so you might have to search a bit. I forgot them this morning, so you can use them for a smoothie. I replied, thanks, sweetie. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Just, just, just trying to make sure, just trying to make sure you get your nutri- nutrients for the day, Doug. My fiance, my fiance, what John Gruden really said about rushing the passer. Next in the Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. What we have here is a failure to communicate. Those are famous lines. That's a famous line from Cool Hand Luke, I believe. Um, And that's what I thought we had from John Gruden when it was reported yesterday. It was reported yesterday that John Gruden said it's hard to find a good pass rusher. It's really hard to find a great pass rusher. I, like uh, everybody else in media, was reacting to a guy named Vic Tafer, who for a long time has covered the Raiders. He now works for The Athletic. And he he uh, he has his own podcast in which he covers the Raiders. So I'm like, wow, that's a heck of a quote. And I my, my read into it was like, hey, it was almost him giving credit to Khalil Mack and how good Khalil Mack is and understanding um understanding all that went into the trade and like having respect for like look, we gave up somebody great, we got guys for the future, and we understand what we lost. But that was me. Reacting to a media member relaying a quote, game of telephone. Wasn't a failure to communicate. I actually think John Gruden, now that I've heard the entirety of the quote, communicated quite well. I want you to listen to the quote in its entirety. John Gruden yesterday. It's hard to find a great one. It's hard to find a a good one. It's hard to find one. You just said it. You know, college football now, they're, they're not really dropping back to pass and throwing footballs anymore they're throwing laterals and they're throwing bubble screens and they're running read options so you got to train these guys it takes a little bit of time to learn how to rush the passer we got some guys that are in that process right now wait 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 wait. so you mean to tell me it wasn't just it's it's hard to find a pass rusher stop and next sentence and by the way i didn't hear the question but it was a leading question quite obviously Take a listen to the very first part of the answer where he basically said, yeah, you're right. It is hard. He's, this is why you don't ask a question the way in which he was apparently asked a question. So what do you say? Are you saying it's hard to find a good pass rusher? It's hard to find a great one. 
It's hard to find a, a good one. It's hard to find one. You just said it. You know, college football now, they're, they're not really dropping back to pass and throwing footballs anymore. They're throwing laterals and they're throwing bubble screens and they're running read options. So you got to train these guys. It takes a little bit of time to learn how to rush the passer. we got some guys that are in that process right now. Yeah, so he didn't say that it, it wasn't even about Khalil Mack. We're all, we have media members who are searching and trolling and, man, get him to say something about Khalil Mack, how he screwed up the Khalil Mack thing. He messed up. Like, you know what? Like, John Gruden at some point may say he messed up on the Khalil Mack thing, but it's not after week two of the season. He, he got two first-round picks for a guy who wanted a contract that they couldn't afford at a position that they didn't think had that type of value. And his point was, hey, look, it's, it's a really hard position to evaluate because of the way in which college offenses are. We have a couple of guys in the system that are working towards getting better at it, but it's, it's a process. So, look, uh, Justin Houston uh, had that incredible season a couple years ago. He has the largest cap hit, largest cap hit, of any defensive player in the NFL. Just off the top of your head, uh, Ryan, how good are the uh, how good is the Kansas City Chiefs defense? Not very good. Their defense sucks. Their defense is awful, awful. The Chargers dropped four touchdown passes against them, four, and still had over five hundred yards of offense. Their offense is awesome. Their defense stinks. And oh yeah, by the way, because they have Pat Mahomes on a rookie contract, it allows them to have paid Justin Houston and to overpay to get Sammy Watkins. Remember, they reset the wide receiver market paying Sammy Watkins, I think, $16 million a year. Um, Ziggy Ansa is the fourth highest paid, well, has the fourth highest cap hit. How's the Detroit Lions doing? Now they have high paid defensive player and a super highly paid quarterback. How's that team? Demarcus Lawrence, the Dallas Cowboys, they're able to pay that salary. He's tied for fourth in terms of cap hit with Ziggy Ansa because they have a quarterback on a fourth round contract. Uh, Olivier Vernon. He was the top-paid guy or one of the top-paid guys at his position. He hadn't even played this year. Josh Norman of the Redskins. How have the Redskins been since he signed that massive deal? And if you want to point out to me, hey, Jags have A.J. Bouye. They brought over Malik Jackson, and they got Calais Campbell defensively. They do, and you're right. And they have Blake Bortles at quarterback, who isn't making huge, huge money is making good, solid money, but they're not able to, they're not going to be able to break the bank and pay him, nor should they, because Blake Bortles is exactly what you think he is. And they're not paying Jalen Ramsey because Jalen Ramsey's on a rookie deal. And when Jalen Ramsey's contract time goes, comes up, somebody else is going to have to go. But, but before we, you know, cut up somebody's quote, and say, see, John Gruden's just trolling us. He's just tempting us. Why would he say that? Like, dude, he was asked a question, and he gave a legitimate answer about it. Great ones are 
hard to find. Good ones are hard to find. College football is like a different sport from the NFL. It's hard to find quarterbacks. It's hard to find pass rushers because just there's not time to get home when you're on defense. It's just not. It's a, you, you have to completely change your, your ability to evaluate, and you have to allow guys time to develop. And what John Gruden is saying there is he's not buying time. He's like, look, this is a long-term play, not a short-term play. I'd rather be really good for a long time than have a great player or two for a short period of time. So I'm going to apologize for our discussion yesterday, me and Dan Beyer. It wasn't really a discussion because it was me telling Dan Beyer what I thought. But I'm about speak just because we used a portion of a quote provided by Vic Tafer, who's a legit journalist, but I don't think did his job as a legit journalist giving us part of a quote. Like I've wanted to do a radio segment on uh, on Tuesdays in the NFL. That's when Tuesdays now is off day, but it's also when guys come in, they have media days as well. Media availability a lot of times on Tuesdays. And I've wanted on Wednesdays to do like a uh, like a segment to where we cut up portions of quotes from players and coaches and make fun of it. The problem with it is like it's really, really unfair to them. And I thought that's really, really unfair to Groot. Where we've been everyone in sports radio has been running around going, it's hard to find a good pass for sure. Well, no duh, John. Once again, here's what John Gruden, here's the full context of what John Gruden said. It's hard to find a great one. It's hard to find a, a good one. It's hard to find one. You just said it. You know, college football now, they're, they're not really dropping back to pass and throwing footballs anymore. They're throwing laterals and they're throwing bubble screens and they're running read options. So you got to train these guys. It takes a little bit of time to learn how to rush the passer. We've got some guys that are in that process right now. Hmm. That is... Uh, that's amazing. It's amazing what we've done in overreacting to half of a quote. Is he buying time? Sure. But he's buying time for a reason. Because John Gruden's assessment of the Raiders is, they weren't really that good two years ago. They definitely weren't good last year. And the way to be good is to develop guys. Player development. Yes, John Ramos. So would that be the quintessential taken out of context? Would yes. that be? Okay. Of course. Of course. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's taken out of context. It's Is that, Bayer, help me out with this one. Is, well, there's another term for when you use half of a quote. Um, yeah, I think. Full I, context not provided. I don't, I don't know how to. D- yeah, I, I think John's right. I think it was totally just taken out of context. Because right. you could be like. You know, well, I didn't even want to give examples, partly because I can't think of one off the top of my head. But the point being, yeah, I mean, it was a there was much more to it before and after, and that isolated part was taken out of. So I think John's right. Yeah, yeah. So like, look, this is what we do. Remember, the Oakland Raiders since John Gruden left. John Gruden left in two thousand one. They went to the Super Bowl, lost to John Gruden in two thousand two. They hadn't won more than eight games with the exception of two years ago when they were 12-4 and four with one of the worst defenses in the NFL. 
Right? Their defense was ranked uh, 20th in points, 26th in yards given up. And that was not a good defense, and they did have Khalil Mack. And Khalil Mack was a tremendous player, but their defense wasn't good. And so if you want to sit there and go like, well, what does Gruden know? Last time Gruden was there, 8-8, eight 8-8, and 12-4, eight, eight and 10-6, eight, and, and, and when he left, he handed them a team that won a Super Bowl. They went 11-5 and five and won a Super Bowl. And went went to Super Bowl, excuse me, and Tampa beat him. So what he's talking about is developing and building a consistent winner. That's what he was talking about, which in no way pertains to Khalil Mack. So fascinating stuff. Is this the last time we see Tyrod Taylor or Tyrod Taylor as a QB one? Find out next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Chiefs fan is taking this completely the wrong way. Chiefs fan, oh, we, we kicked your Chargers ass. Like, you did. Nobody's disputing that. But the idea that you can have a guy making that much money at a defense position, it's going to hurt your ability to fill out the roster. And I know Eric Berry's been hurt. I, I got that. Eric Berry has a career of being really good, but then hurt often. The problem is you're just highly leveraged when you have it all on one guy, no matter how good that. Remember, Justin Houston had an incredible season a couple years ago. Thursday Night Football is on the NFL Network. Fox crew is producing the game. Next week, it makes its Fox debut with the Rams taking on the Vikings at the Coliseum. This week, it's going to be Jets-Browns in Cleveland. Browns haven't won since December of 2016. That's when Christina Pink, of course, can be doing sideline. I believe Christina Pink was, you were in middle school, but I'm kidding, of course. Kidding, of course. You're far too kind. Far too kind. it's, uh, (laughs) it's It's been a long time. They have their plus eight in turnovers, and yet they still can't win a football game. What you know, when you're around this franchise, Christina, getting ready to cover tonight's game, what's the sense you get? What's the word or two you would use to describe the morale inside that locker room? Uh, surprisingly, I, I think the morale is still fairly good because they feel like they were right there. They were obviously pretty disappointed uh, with the loss against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh and, the, and then New Orleans, but they feel like they've turned the corner and that they're getting there. They're just not there yet. And you mentioned the fact that they, they've obviously gotten a ton of takeaways, eight so far this season, but there's no points off those turnovers. You get eight takeaways and just 10 points off turnovers. So they realize that they've got to, you know, be able to punch it into the end zone. They can't settle for field goals right now, but I think they, they feel pretty, pretty good right now considering, yeah, they're oh one and one. What's your sense on the use of Baker Mayfield? There's been a lot of talk of eventually he'll get a shot, and to Rod Taylor, as good as he's been in times in his career, hasn't been great through two weeks. You get the sense we might see Baker a little bit tonight? Um, I do not, and I'll actually look forward to chatting with maybe Baker pregame. But as of right now, they've stuck with their steadfast plan and that, you know, Baker is their quarterback of the future, but Tyrod is their quarterback of right now. And when we talked to Hugh Jackson going into this game, you know, he was pretty pleased with the fact that Tyrod played 
a little bit better last week compared to the outing he had week one, uh, where he was, what, 15 of 40, something like that, uh, in the Pittsburgh game. So they're seeing progress on that front uh, as a unit offensively. Their line played a little bit better. They got more out of the run game last week. So as of now, barring anything on the injury front, I don't think you'll see Baker tonight. Christina Pink joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Check her out on Sidelines, Jets, Browns, NFL Network, our Fox crew producing. Of course, getting ready for the NFL on Fox, taking over Thursday night football next Thursday night at the L.A. Coliseum. Let's get into the Jets. Sam Donald week one. He could have run for mayor and won one uh, laughing, right? Uh, week two, not as much, some turnovers and a loss. How do they believe Sam Donald is progressing? Uh, you know, I believe they think that he's done a lot, uh, focusing mostly for me on the Brown side of things. But, you know, they, everyone on all fronts seems to be pretty impressed with what he's been able to do and looking forward to seeing him go tonight. But, you know, obviously that game against Miami, you know, was a little bit of a disappointment compared to what he did in week one, but this will be a tall task for him and going into this game against the Rams, uh, excuse me, a Browns defensive front that has been pretty good and pretty solid the first couple of weeks. No, no question. They have a lot of talent, a lot of talent defensively. Um, what about the weather? Weather was bad two weeks ago. That's one of the things that led to Tyrod Taylor, to Rod Taylor's numbers being down. How's the weather tonight in Cleveland? Uh, it's supposed to be pretty good. I think it's like high 70s, low 80s. And, uh, you know, we were in Cincinnati last week and to be in the same state as Ohio and not face the same humidity I'm looking forward to. But weather is supposed to be pretty clear. Uh, so I don't think we'll have any issues on the weather front. I think it'll be about like 10% chance of rain. So it should be a nice night here in Cleveland. Yeah, you're, you're good. I mean, the humidity's cut. Usually September 1st, mid to mid-September, and all of a sudden, like fall arrives, like man, this is so much better. So much early, <laughs> early falls, early falls the best. It really is the best. Yeah, it it was beautiful out here last night. So we think we've got a good night for football weather wise. I hope the action on the field also is <laughs> the same story. No question, Jarvis Landry is a go. Correct. Uh, you know, yeah, he's officially listed as questionable. Um, I'll look forward to kind of seeing him work out pregame, but there didn't sense, seem to be a sense that there was too much concern. I don't think it even came up, but, uh, you know, he was limited this week, but he's a guy that, as we saw in Hard Knocks, you know, unless there's, like, you know, limbs falling off, he's going to be out there. (laughs) That's actually a question I had for you. Christina Pink joining us. She'll be doing sideline tonight. Jets, Browns, NFL Network, our Fox crew covering it. Is, is, did you, in prepping to do tonight's game, did you watch all the episodes? You're like, look, I'm just going to watch all these episodes and get all the info I need. I need to read articles. Oh, I watched every episode of Hard Knocks. I actually had uh, the Browns-Eagles game in the preseason, so it will be my second time seeing them, meeting with them. Uh, so, yes, I, but I have. I watched the entire season. It's funny because I ended up appearing on an episode of Hard Knocks <laughs> interviewing Josh Gordon, and when we were in Cleveland to do the game, um, so I made my hard knocks debut, but I did, I, I saw every single episode and it definitely helps when you've got the team twice in the span of a month and a half. What's been the reaction around the facility that Josh Gordon, not only no longer with the team, but so quickly traded to the new England Patriots. Um, I think there's like a weird sense of finality 
to it because it was something that the organization had dealt with with for such a long time. And, you know, Hugh Jackson said, well, this is the situation where I think they made the right decision. They think they felt like they had done everything they could do. And, and you get that same feel from the players as well. It was like, we wish them well. Um, but, you know, we have to move on. And obviously they think they have, um, you know, a great player and Antonio Callaway who had a great game last week with the 47 yard touchdown. So I think they pretty much turn the corner and turn the page on it. Although it does kind of come to an odd ending with him being traded to new England. Yeah. Really, really odd ending. You mentioned the defensive front of the Cleveland Browns. Um, the, the, the kind of array of blitzes, right. That, that Greg Williams is going to throw at him. This is a big, isn't that a big challenge? It's not just Browns have talent and they have a coach that they, that everyone knows is going to send extra guys and how Sam Donald hands handles it is going to really give us a snapshot into what we'll see from the future of Donald? Yeah, it's funny because you you get surprised when you see that they don't have an extra rusher because that is what Greg Williams does, and they are ready to bring the house. And that'll be, you know, you're not just facing the Greg Williams defense, but you're facing it in the spotlight of the Thursday night game. And, you know, I think that gets underrated sometimes, too. He's playing in the prime time for the first time. So you, you want to see if he shakes off some of those nerves that rattle, you know, that might rattle a rookie quarterback and coming into his first game, night game, on the road, all that. So On on the NFL Network. Christina, great stuff. On the NFL uh, Network. In, enjoy, enjoy the lack of humidity. And uh, this time you'll be appearing for real, not just the, on Hard Knocks. It'll be kind of your show on the sideline. Thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to hearing you on the game tonight. Oh, anytime. Thanks, Doug. All right, it's Christina Pink, who's outstanding at what she does. I got a chance to work with her a little bit on uh, with hosting Colin's show. Uh, she's great. Just an immense wealth of knowledge regarding the Nash Football League. Covered it for a couple years on the sidelines for Fox. Let's get you to Dan Fire. Speaking of wealth of knowledge. What do you have, Dan? Well, do, do I see Tiger Woods at the top of the leaderboard? Yeah, you do. He is at five under par. Eagle, the 18th hole at Eastlake. And this is a, a little different because a few years back, they decided to switch the nines. Eastlake used to end on a par three. No more for the Tour Championship. So Tiger Eagles, the par five 18th, finds himself tied for the lead with Ricky Fowler at five under after a first round 65 today. Brooks Kepka's at three under par. Rory McIlroy, two under par, three shots back of Tiger, the co-leader, if you will, and in really good form heading into next week's Ryder Cup. Uh, what color would you say his shirt is? I think that's, uh, that's uh, gosh, we had, I think we had this discussion last week. Is that, week. Cor- is that coral? Yeah, is it's a coral, coral coral pink, yes, I would say. We had Christina Pink on. I believe that's a coral shirt. I don't know if that's a pink shirt. Uh, uh, I, I would say pink. I think I said pink. Ryan Music, would you like, can you give me a ruling on this? I would go, is that Salmon. Salmon? I knew that was going to come. Salmon. Yep. Salmon. I knew that was happening. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 he actually is. Why'd you say I knew that it does kind of look salmon? Yeah, it looks I more know. salmon than pink. I know. But I think it was the other, op, like the only other option. So that's, I just had a feeling salmon was going to be Got an it. option. Understood. Um, I thought we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago when he wears the same shirt, and I thought it was pink then, and I think it looks pink now. However, however, TV broadcasts. Oh, you, it's a TV. It's fake news TV. Oh, I'm sorry. It, go they, ahead. No, they they completely are. And if you notice this on Instagram, the the favorite filter of mine on Instagram is lo-fi. Makes it just makes everything look deeper and more rich, if you will. And I think sometimes you get that on TV. I know with like the Denver Broncos jerseys, they seem to be this this 
blaze orange, but they're actually a faded orange when you see them in person. And I'm like, ah, TV messes with it. So maybe it's coral, maybe it's salmon, maybe it's pink. But Tiger Woods has the co-lead at the Tour Championship. How about some other news this time in the NFL? Vikings running back Dalvin Cook missed practice. Yes, for the second straight day. I know fantasy football players that may have Dalvin Cook on their team may want to take note of that. The Vikings have the Bills coming up this weekend in Week 3. They've got a matchup in Week 4 against the Rams on a short week. Of course, you mentioned Jets and Browns tonight, 8.20 Eastern time to start Week 3. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers sat out practice today to rest his injured knee in advance of their game at Washington. Colts were missing T.Y. Hilton and tight end Jack Doyle from practice. They've got the Eagles coming up this weekend. Ohio State defensive end Nick Bosa out indefinitely following surgery to repair a core muscle injury. And in baseball, the Angels and A's scoreless. Check that. Angels have taken a 1-0 lead on the A's right now. That is in the third inning in Oakland. That's uh, Cole Calhoun comes around to score on a a double to the wall. Whoever whoever got that hit for the Angels looked like they were Racing a pregnant woman could come in third. Fernandez, Jose Fernandez, Jose Fernandez. Does he does he have a peg leg? Why was he running in such? Jeez. <laughs> I mean, honest to God, that was the slowest gate I've ever seen. Really, kind of remarkable. Um, speaking of, thank you so much, Dan. Speaking yep. of Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor, whatever. Um, this is not a hot take. This is a reality take. Tyrod Taylor is, and I told you guys before, like, I kind of think we we had the whole Baker Mayfield as an underdog thing all wrong to start the year. Like, they had the number one overall pick, who won the Heisman Trophy, was a finalist two other times, played for a, nas- played for a national championship, or you have another guy who's a fifth-round pick who's bounced around the league and trying to fight for his job. Who's the underdog in this scenario? It was actually Tyrod Taylor. So I, I looked up Tyrod Taylor's stats earlier today, and I was thinking that this could be, very easily could be, the last time he gets a start this season. Or he gets a start, he's QB1. Like, I'm not saying that he won't be a starter ever again, but I think there's a pretty good chance that he won't be the starting quarterback ever again. You guys, am I making sense with... Do I, do I make sense here? Like... Ryan Fitzpatrick is the is starting at quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't believe he's actually the starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Music, help me out. What am I? How can I say it in a? In Basically, a, what you're saying is at the end of this game, or just in general, at the end of the season for the Browns, when Tyrod Taylor becomes a free agent and they start the Baker Mayfield era, there will not be another team in the NFL that goes. You know what we're going to do? We're going to bring in Tyrod Taylor. We're going to pay him $25 million a year. You don't have to pay him $25 million and, a year. And he's going to be our guy Sorry. going forward. Right. I, that I, will not happen. No, he will be a Ryan Fitzpatrick, maybe a lesser version of a Ryan Fitzpatrick, more athletically, less in terms of accuracy than a Fitzpatrick. One of those guys that you pay, What Fitzpatrick is making like, I'm going to say eight or something like that to be a back. He's like the highest paid backup. Yeah, yes, uh, John Ramos. Would you call that... A journeyman, then, is what yeah. is that? Okay, he's a journeyman. Y- uh, yes, only I don't want it to seem like he's... <sighs> no, <laughs> Tom, like... I know. Like, okay, Fitzpatrick's making 3.3, my bad. $3.3 million. 
Whereas I think Taylor's making like nine-ish, nine-ish. Right? He's making somewhere in, in between. So I, I kind of think that's what, yeah, he's not going to be a third quarterback, but he'll be one of those like, hey, look, he could, if we had to play him, we could play him. He's a great guy. He's a good leader. He's tough. Guys like him. And we could be really, we could be a lot worse off than having Tyrod Taylor as our backup. But we're not going to build around Tyrod Taylor. Buffalo had him. They passed. Um, and, you know, obviously when he's with the Ravens, that's not really fair because Flacco won a Super Bowl, was a couple years removed. But I do think there's a reason that the Ravens didn't keep him around. Now, he made a bunch of money, rightfully so, for his play in Buffalo and because they were idiots with how they handled his contract situation. But after this game, they have an extra couple days to prepare for the Raiders a week from Sunday. Then they have the Ravens and the Chargers. It gets progressively more difficult in terms of schedule. To Tampa, to Pittsburgh. They get the Chiefs, the Falcons. Like, there are no easy games. They may not win a game the rest of the season. Probably do. Favored for the first time at home in years. But my point is more, I kind of feel like this is the last chance that he's the starting quarterback he may start but he would be a he'll very soon be a backup who gets to start as opposed to the starting quarterback and part of that's the nature of being in front of the number one overall pick and part of that's who Tyrod Taylor has shown himself to be shown himself to be uh yeah this is this is one of those really interesting games that is not interesting in terms of uh, playoff perspective. I mean, are the Browns out of the playoff discussion? No, by no means. And with Pittsburgh off to the same start as the Browns, and you got a shot at the Jets, there's no reason to think, but the likelihood is this is a game that do- uh, involves two teams that don't make the playoffs. But yes, Sam Darnold, who's a rookie quarterback in his third start, his first true road start, right? When it, last week they played at home, didn't they? Played layoffs to the Dolphins at home? That wasn't in Miami. So your first true road game on a short week against Greg Williams, who he Greg Williams is famous for not just bounty gate, but being crazy blitz from every different angle, send the house and try and surprise the heck out of against a quarterback who hasn't seen those type of exotic blitzes. Oh, I got a lot to get to. We, we got to play for you. Um, We got to play for you, Steven Jackson on Instagram. Only Steven Jackson can get away with Steven Jackson. Was he smoking weed on Instagram? <laughs> no, I'm. It's a. It's a serious. Was that just a? Was that a black and mild? Steven Jackson on Instagram going after Andrew Wiggins and Andrew Wiggins' brother. Plus, Chris Carter and Nick Wright think the season is already over for one NFL team. Find out who next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Previously on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Check this out. Greg Cosell works for NFL Films. Kind of to spend some time with us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Pete Carroll came out slightly critical of Russell Wilson, said he's trying to do a little bit too much. How much of this should be on Russell Wilson? How much of it is on uh, the new offense coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer? I think it's mixed, but here's what I will say. We, we lose 
sight sometimes of, of Wilson being under 5'11". So with his size, Doug, he struggles to function effectively in what I call muddied pockets, where there are people around him, which is part of the NFL game. So the result is my guess is he can't see. The result is he leaves throws on the field, he moves prematurely, which breaks down the timing of the pass game at times and makes plays random. When those plays work, everybody raves about them. When they don't work, there's no continuity to the offense. I thought in this game, he did not play well personally. Now, it's always easy to point to their O-line because they've had issues and concerns and if Fetty needs a lot of work if he's going to stay at the right tackle position. But I don't think Wilson saw things real well in this game. If you missed any of Greg Cosell, all of Greg Cosell, download the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast, iTunes or at FoxSportsRadio.com. What does the Fox say? Well, online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore. True price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. Visit True Car. You'll enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Every day at this time, I'd like to play for you a portion of a show previously on Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports Radio. In this case, it's first things first. Chris Carter, Nick Wright, already claiming that one team's season is essentially over. If you look at the recent history of the NFL, you lose two games. No, your season's not over. But your chance of making the playoffs, the playoffs are what, Nick? Well, right around 10%. Round. And, by, and by the way, you start 0-3 over the last 20 years, they drop to 0%. Okay. Nobody. So, so he's right. The season ain't over. Ten percent shots come in. No, it's only four more quarters from being over. Well, that's the problem. This is not Penn State, where you can lose two or three games and still have a successful season. No, this is pro football. Still go win your conference. And regardless of how good they think they are, they should learn from one of the great coaches that coached the Giants. And you are what your record is. To reiterate the point, and it's a season that can end on Sunday. For one of these two teams, the Texans and Giants, both of whom came into the year with playoff expectations, for one of these two teams, the season ends Sunday. I, people can say, oh, it's too early for a must-win. No, it is not. Not when you are 0-2 and for the reasons these two teams are 0-2. Uh, yeah, but like, look, I think it's fair to think the, the possibility of the playoffs becomes very, very slight. But I don't, I, I just use history as your guide. Chargers started 0-4, finished 9-7 and last year, didn't make the playoffs, but that was because they gave away a game against Jacksonville that was just, they had two interceptions in the last two minutes and still couldn't find a way to close out the Jags on the road. Um, and I wouldn't deem their season a failure last year to not have made the playoffs. Same thing for the Giants and maybe for the Houston Texans. There is a... A lot of ball game left. There's 16 games. You fall to 0-3, your margin for error becomes super, super, super slight. But it's a crazy league, and especially when you're a team uh, like the Houston Texans, who have a lot of talent, have a quarterback coming off an ACL, a uh, star defensive player coming off a back surgery, and oh yeah, by the way, you start your first two games on the road. Schedules are a lot different now than they used to be, where you have some teams starting, you know, the, the Texans... Three of the first four are on the road, but I think four of their next five are actually at home. So things do even out. I, I wouldn't do. I, would I buy green bananas on my season if I'm the Giants and I fall to zero and three? No, I wouldn't feel great about it. But I also wouldn't cancel the season because we lost to the Cowboys on the road and the Texans on the road, two teams that people think are playoff caliber teams, even if we haven't played up to par. 
Like that's a that's a fair is that a fair way of looking at it? Right, like, all right, like New Orleans is one and one. Are they any good? Are they and are they a ga- right now a game better than the Cowboys? The reasonable to reasonable to think they're going to lose to Atlanta on the road. Atlanta's really good at home. New Orleans is one and two. That puts them, you know, a a game in the win column, a game in the loss column ahead of the Giants if the Giants fall to zero and three. I feel like the NFC South is far more difficult than the NFC East, right? And New Orleans has started out with two home games. So they're going to have, of their next 14, obviously more of them are going to be on the road than are at home. I mean, I would guess that they still have, what, eight uh, road games and six home games remaining. I do think that matters. Houston's schedule uh, opens up a little bit as opposed to the Giants that do not have an easy schedule. They have the Texans, then home for the Saints, then they go to the Panthers, Eagles, the Falcons, and then it gets a little bit lighter. But that's one of the things with the Giants is they have a really, really, really difficult schedule. Opening up with the Jaguars at home, that's a that's a loaded potential Super Bowl team, and then going to the Cowboys and going to the Texans, that's one of those ones. I don't know how good the Giants are or how good they're going to be, but they got absolutely no help from the schedule makers. As opposed to the Rams, who I have much more confidence, right? The Rams have a first-place schedule. I had much more confidence that the Rams were going to be good this year. But let's not kid ourselves. Going to take on the Raiders who won six games last year, and then the Cardinals who are in complete rebuild mode and might be the second-worst team in the National Football League. That's a good way to start your season to where everybody feels good. And yeah, they got the Chargers and the Vikings and they go to the Seahawks and the and the Broncos. And I've already told you that if you want to pick that works, take the Vikings next week. Okay. The Vikings this week have the Bills. They have less time to prepare because the Rams play on um uh, excuse me, uh, yes, they have let they have same amount of time to prepare. The Rams play the Chargers. That's going to be a war. An absolute war. And the Vikings have to fly out of here. But the Vikings play the Bills this week. That's like a week off. Their starters won't be playing. The, the big-name starters, I don't believe, will be playing. And Dalvin Cook's probably not going to play this week. And I think they can win anyway. Whereas Rams-Chargers is going to be a very high-level football game. I think the Rams are better. And I think the Rams are, frankly, better than the Vikings. But it's the ability to do it back-to-back weeks in a short week against a team that had kind of the week off. I like the Vikings next week. All right, let's get to what Steven Jackson said. We have the we have the audio of an Instagram that was posted by Steven Jackson last night in his man cave. I believe he was talking to both Andrew Wiggins and Andrew Wiggins' brother. Take a listen. Say, Lil, you got a lot of talent, kid. You got a lot of talent. And I, I hope you have a good year. I hope somewhere you can find some heart and find some passion for the game and have a good year. I really wish you the best. I'm 40. Thank God I'm happy to see 40. Bum, I've n- I never been, never been that. You know that. I'm from the old school, bro. I'm cut under the old law. You know what I'm saying? Respect it or check it. All that, I'm going to have that same energy when, wherever I go, all that. Say, man, make sure your energy straight when you see me, bro. All right? I'm pretty sure you know who I am. Make sure your energy straight. Just focus on finding some heart and having a good year. I wish you the best. You got a lot of talent. Just find that. Please don't try to do that with me, bro. 
You know what I'm saying? Just keep the same energy. I'll catch you in traffic. 100. There was a lot there. I'll catch you in traffic means I'll I'll see you sometime. Our our paths will cross. You want me to be the translator there, Ramos? I was I was telling Ryan I was got a little lost there, so please do. Okay. Um, when he says, "I hope you find some heart," I mean, I think everybody know everybody understands what he's saying there. Correct? I'll catch you in traffic means our paths will cross at some point in time. The energy comes comes from a uh, a post that Andrew Wiggins posted out yesterday about, you know, old guys and negative energy and whatever. Um, and what he's saying is like, Hey, I will, our paths will cross and you better be ready to go. Cause I keep it 100. I'm, I'm the real thing. I'm the real Steven Jackson does keep it 100. He is the real deal. He has the video of the mouse, the palace to back it up. But the big story is, Andrew Wiggins' reputation has been cemented in old-school league vets' minds that he's soft. And being called soft in basketball or in football or in baseball is like being called a racist in real life. Like, there's really, it's a really hard label to shed. You're like, I'm not a racist. I don't have a, sure, you're just saying that. Like, no, 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 really, I'm not. I have black friends. Right, and the more in which you hang around people of of color, people of different genders and different demos and different races, the more people are like, oh, that's just fake. Just like when you're Andrew Wiggins, if he gets into a fight next year, he tries to bow a guy like, oh, he's trying to be a fake tough guy. I would say ninety percent of the tough guys in the NBA are fake tough guys. Most of them, even Stephen Jackson, great dude to hang around, very very bright. But I don't think Steven Jackson is a fake tough guy. Nor do I think they'll actually fight. But I think that's because nobody wants to fight Steven Jackson. Yes, did you have a hand up there, uh, Music? Was that you? That was all I was going to say. Is Does anyone doubt whether or not he's actually a, a legitimately tough person? Nope. Nope. But he'll, he even told me, he's like, dude, my kids are the nicest, well, most well-behaved kids ever. I, I wish they were tougher. So... How you are is not necessarily how you raise your kids. Mike Evans has benefited from Fitzmagic firsthand. What's it like? I'll ask him. He joins me next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Six words I've never heard in sports. Want to hear them? Jimmy Butler has uttered six words I have never, ever heard before. I want to be a clipper. Never heard it before. No one has ever said that, right? No one in the history of the world. Has ever gone, <clears throat> what do you want to be when you grow up? Want to be a Clipper? No way. They even lost Clipper Daryl. It was like their longtime fan, Clipper Daryl. I'm not saying there aren't some Clipper fans with Lob City. I'm not saying, look, hiring Jerry West was a brilliant move. He's the greatest executive in the history of the sport. Lawrence Frank runs the ship. He's done a good job. I'm a bigger believer in Doc Rivers and other people. I'm not saying that, like, it's some... 
ridiculously awful franchise that it was going back into the 80s before Larry Brown, you know, and even 90s around the Larry Brown era. They don't play in the old sports arena. They're trying to build a new arena somewhere near the new football stadium, trying to do their own thing, trying to break out of the shadow of the Lakers. But apparently Jimmy Butler, who does not ride the team bus to games, Jimmy Butler is one of those guys that he's been humble for a long time, and apparently that time has run up. Like, yeah, well, you know, I was homeless for a while, and it was a great story to Marquette, and I overachieved and made myself into All-Star and Team USA basketball. But you know what? Now uh, that I have other guys around me that can play, um, I want to do my own thing in a big market. So I would like to be a Nick, a Met, or a Clipper. The Knicks have come out and said, hey, well, look, we're not moving draft picks and assets for a, free, for a free agent that we can get and sign without spending. That's Steve Mills. That's smart. So far, no word from the Nets, who have done a nice job of remaking themselves even after that the previous regime had that disastrous trade. But, man, things you never thought you would hear ever. Jimmy Butler saying, I want to be a Clipper. Really? Okay. Sure, right? Ramos, you grew up, you live in the city. Can you ever remember anybody going like, hey, you know what I'd like to go? I'd like to go to the Clippers. Uh, that, those were th- six words that you hit right on the nose. Right. I mean, little kids, they grew up, I want to be a firefighter, right? I'm a police officer. I want to be a Laker. I want to be a Ram. I like to play USC. play basketball UCLA. I like to be a wrestler, a boxer. I want girls, I want to be a, I want to be president. No one ever says I want to be a Clipper. Doug, I'm not even sure the Clipper players on the team those years said, I Correct. want to be a Clipper. Correct. Amazing. Amazing. We'll see if it happens. We'll see if it happens. Uh, A's adding on some runs. We'll get you an update in the scores half past the hour. The story which has taken over the NFL is that of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who first thing they did was they went and laid a whooping to the Saints in New Orleans. Like, it's one thing to beat the Saints – completely different thing to go into New Orleans. They're Hey, they're built to play in the Dome, right? I guess not. Then they get the Super Bowl champions in their own home field and beat the Eagles. They're 2-0. and And, oh, hey, plot twist. Jameis Winston, their starting quarterback franchise, quarterback picked up his fifth-year option, suspended first three games. So Ryan Fitzpatrick has been their starter, and he is dropping dimes left and right to guys like our next guest. Mike Evans joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. If I would have told you when you guys found out Jameis was going to be suspended that you'd be 2-0 and after beating the Saints and the Eagles in back-to-back weeks, what would you have said? I would have said that sounds awesome. <laughs> and, you know, all the work to make it happen. What's changed with this team? Um, I'll say the continuity we have with each other. And, uh, and we've just been working working like crazy since OTAs, since we've got all our new pieces. And uh, we really, you know, gotten real close as a team. And uh, we're just trying to stay consistent each week. Um, this was a team, though, that end of last season, I mean, it was bad. You guys lost five in a row, right? Lost five in a row before, you know, beating the Saints. But you know, th- their playoff position was kind of locked up. But you lost five in a row. You even lost, I think it was 10 out of 12 at one point in the year. There were thoughts that, that Dirk Cutter would, be, uh, would not be retained. They, you talked about continuity. Um, how, how do you, how does it work though? It's like, hey, we got to know each other. Like, as, was there a meeting? 
Was there a discussion? Is there a group text? Is there one person that's changed? How has it changed so dramatically? It was a lot of those factors that you just mentioned. Um, you know, guys, you know, our new teammates, you know, putting it on themselves to know the new, their new teammates. You know what I'm saying? So they were like Benny Curry, you know, uh, Bo Allen. They're they're from, you know, a Super Bowl winning culture. And um, they just told us things that they saw in their time in Philly. And, uh, you know, we implemented a little bit of that. And, um, you know, we got to know each other, like, for real, for real. You know, we thought we were getting to know each other. But we really, like, getting to know each other and, like, liking each other. And guys are, are closer than ever uh, in my eyes. Um, it's just been a really fun, you know, start. You know, since OTAs, we've been having fun together. And uh, we're just looking forward to go out every week and putting on a show with racking up Ws. You guys had Fitz, obviously, going back to last year. So it's not like he's new. Everyone knows that he can play, but the the criticism of Ryan Fitzpatrick in the past was not only he'd have these hot spurts, but throwing the ball downfield. When you guys, when you had that great game against the Saints personally, and then you guys score forty eight against the Saints, I think he averaged fourteen yards to completion. Um, how, how has he been able in you know he's in his mid thirties to throw the ball so deep downfield when there was a criticism of that early in his career? I don't know, man. I'm just I'm just running running down there, and he's just throwing them right to where. You know, we're supposed to catch it in, and in stride. So he's been looking good. I don't know what he's been doing, like, as far as workouts and things like that, like on his own. But he's been throwing the ball really well. And, um, you know, he's showing, man. He's, he's playing lights out right now. Were you in on it when he went to get D-Jax's clothes and put him put him on for the press conference? Were you in on it? Did you know it was going to happen? I knew it was going to happen, yes. I mean, I knew it was going to happen. I didn't think he was going to do it, but he – he has charisma like that, you know. He's a he's a fun guy to be around, and he, he always does like little things like that. Yeah the the story goes that he said, "If we win, I'll wear it." And somebody said, "When we win, was it was it you? Was it who who was it that said, no, no, no when we win, you'll wear it at the, at the press conference?'" I didn't I didn't hear that part. I think he said it before the game, and the after is when he was looking for DJ to get his clothes and his jewelry. But before the game, I didn't I didn't hear that part. Okay, so the big question we want to know is, what happens when Jameis comes back? I mean, you and me both, we'll, we'll find out. I mean, my, my job, you know my job is, I mean, go out there, get open, um, block in the run game, and that's it. I mean, no matter who's throwing the ball. So, I mean, that's my job. I don't really know what's going to happen when Jameis comes back. How do you? How do you? He's gonna be happy we're winning. How do you? How do you handle that though? Like, I mean, like, look, you guys are, you guys are, are, are you guys are more than just teammates. You guys are friends, right? But yeah. how do you? How do you handle that when I'm sure he wants to come back in? Like, if you're three, if you guys beat Pittsburgh, you're three and zero. He wants to be the quarterback, and yet Fitz has been awesome. How do you personally handle that? Me, I yeah. just told you. Or just how does Jameis handle it? I mean, it, it's Jameis. You know, he's been the starter, and he was the number one pick back in 2015. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how, how he's going to handle it, but, I mean, I know how everybody else on the team will handle it. There's been I a think lo- Jameis would be great. I mean, he's a he's a great team guy, so he'll do whatever coach thinks best. Mike Evans joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. What about you? I've I've been told that your your workouts changed, your body has evolved, and uh, and and there's been, you know, a, a a a consistent jump in your skill level, your athleticism. What'd you do differently this off season? Um, I don't know, man. I'm just maturing as a. I guess with when I eat, 
but I, I've been doing the same thing pretty much. Just working on uh, explosion and, uh, you know, keeping my hamstrings, you know, on point and things like that so I won't get those soft tissue injuries. But I've been I've been pretty much doing the same thing. You you change you change your diet in what way? Not eating as bad. You know, I live in Texas, so we got Whataburger. We got a lot of twenty four hour spots that stay open, and I love eating late. You know, playing video games and eating. And me and my wife would go out on dates all the time. We'd love to eat late. Uh, I just stopped doing that as much. Um, I don't do that as much, but I still do it, but not as much as I used to. What's the video? Are, are you doing a Fortnite? You Call of Duty guy? Uh, I like both. I, I love both, but right now I'm on that Fortnite heavy. But I, I'm Call of Duty Black Ops One is my favorite game of all time. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the new Call of Duty. Uh, how are your Fortnite? You doing Fortnite dances when you score touchdowns? Nah, man. I, a lot of people ask me what was I gonna do because I'm a big Fortnite head, but I don't, I don't got enough, you know, swag to do those dances. I don't have enough. Like I'm six five, two thirty, so I can't really be doing that. I don't think that's that's clear. Well, you don't have to do, you don't have to get hype, but there's other dances that you can, there's, I mean, there's a bunch of different Fortnite dances. I know my nine-year-old son tries to do all of them and he doesn't do most of them well. So there are some dances that you could do. Somebody might've done it before me. I don't know for sure. I'm going to just stick to, uh, I'm doing my boxing routine right now that I got from uh, LeBron and D-Wade. I'm going to keep doing that until I think of something different. Fair enough. It's my style. Fair enough. Mike Evans joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Pittsburgh Steelers come in, and it kind of feels like they're a little bit of a mess. Like, A.B. doesn't show up to practice on Monday. He says he's pissed because they're losing. They don't have Le'Veon Bell, and the defense is maybe the biggest issue. When you watch him on tape, what do you see from the Steelers? Uh, we, we just saw a little bit of miscommunication uh, in the Kansas City game. but I didn't, I didn't watch too much film just yet. Uh, it was our first practice, first time um, game planning today. But um, we'll see, uh, watching the red zone film tomorrow, and uh, we'll see. But um, it was like some a little bit of mis- miscommunication uh, going on. You know, hopefully it'll be like that against us. Yeah, what we were told was uh, Kansas City went empty a bunch, and that every, uh, and yeah. if you watch the tape, every completion, there's a Pittsburgh Steeler defender pointing at another Pittsburgh Steelers defender like there's some sort of argument and miscommunication. That kind of feels like you guys have been through that in the past. Go back to previous Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How do you pull yourself out of that? How does how does that change? Just You got to just keep playing ball. I mean, there's going to be, you know, screw-ups in a game, and there's going to be, uh, you know, MEs. Um, so, I mean, you just got to figure, figure it out and just keep going. Can't just stop, you know what I'm saying? So I mean, they got good players on their defense. Uh, they have a really explosive offense. They'll be fine. Mike Evans, um, join. Hopefully, hopefully, they won't be explosive against us. Though. Mike Evans joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. How much different is it for you to go to work two and zero, everybody feeling good, everybody happy, as opposed to years in the past? It feels a lot better. I tell you that, man. You know, winning changes everything, and um, you know. We're, we're playing for something, you know. Early in the in the year, you know, everybody's playing for something. But you know, to, like when you get to the middle and you know that like, you don't, you're not going to make the playoffs and things like that, it's tough. Uh, but always early on, uh, it feels good. But you know, off to a two and zero start, the best start that I've been a part of since I've been in the league. Uh, it's been good, man. We look forward to the Monday night game, uh, having a prime time game, and uh, hopefully. The ball All right, last thing. You mentioned you're from Texas. You mentioned Whataburger. All right, we're going to give you your late night late night order. Is it Whataburger? You get one burger place and give me the complete order. 
doesn't doesn't have to be anybody you're sponsored by. Just the place that you would hit up if you could pick any place on earth. A burger place? Yeah. Oh, that's tough. That's come on now. That's way too tough. Why? Gun, gun to my head right now. Yeah. Five Guys. Okay, what's the order at Five Guys? I'm gonna get a double bacon cheeseburger, um, lettuce, tomatoes, pickles, and mayo. No ketchup. With a with a small fry. No ketchup. Ketchup on the side for my fries. Cajun fries or the regular fries? Cajun. What to drink? Uh, Oreo milkshake and a bottle of water. Strong. Very strong. Uh, it's, it's a good thing you're not eating late that often. Mike, uh, enjoy the victory lap. We'll see you Monday night, and thanks so much for joining us. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Doug. M- Mike Evans joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Oreo cookie shake's a strong order, Right. Like, if you're going to go down, you go down strong with an Oreo cookie shake. Yep. All right, let's make some money. We'll check in with Vegas. R.J. Bell has been just crushing the world, or at least crushing me. We'll help him help you. Next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Fresh up. Two ways you know you're getting old. Make that three. One, you wouldn't turn down a nap. Second way, you start to see a little gray in your beard. You're like, what in the? The food on my face? Like, no. You're just kind of getting old. And songs you used to love as kids are now on oldie stations, right? You're like, man, what do I wait? Wait, leave that one on. I like that. <laughs> little queen for you. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. You know what else sounds good when you get older? Vegas. Wait till I give my money right. Are you tired of losing money every week? Yeah, boy. Do you want to be in the know? How about new? Well, we might not know, but Vegas always knows. Vegas! Bring out the bottles! RJ Bell, founder of Pregame.com. Pregame.com is the exclusive odds provider of the Associated Press. On Twitter, at RJ in Vegas, and maybe most importantly, Straight Out of Vegas follows this show daily at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific. So before you get ready for the game, before you call your guy or hit the button on your phone, listen to Fox Sports Radio. That's where you get all the insight you need on the lines of the night. RJ, congrats on the new show. It's outstanding. You and Jonas Knox do a great job. Uh, let's start with tonight's football game. The, the Browns. I read this where the Browns have only been favored twice in the last 37 games. So, I mean, this is this does not happen often. The taking on a Jets team has played two home games. Sam Donald's first road start against a really talented Browns team. Oh, I'm sorry. No, the, the Lions the Lions were on the road. It just seemed like a home game. My bad. So this is <laughs> his uh, his second true road game. Um, I don't know. It feels like the Browns are a much more talented team than the Jets. Am I crazy? No, I agree with you. By the way, thank you for the kind words about the show. You know, one of our goals is, and we did a, we've done a study on the weekend, more than half the listeners never bet, but they love that Vegas perspective because let's be candid. We know our stuff. By the way, what's our record so far, Doug, when we disagree so far? I believe you're 2-0. Oh. 
Two and zero, oh, baby. Yeah. All right. Now I like the Browns, so you can disagree on this one, no, perhaps. I like and here's why: the Browns are going to be focused, focused, focused. I mean, imagine a thirsty guy walking through the desert, talking about dating yourself a little bit, and then there's a Strohs out there, right? Well, they're going to go running for that Strohs because they're so thirsty. The Browns are thirsty for a win. Sometimes with a favorite, you got to wonder. Hey, are they going to be a little flat? Are they going to be motivated? No, we know the Browns are motivated. This is only the third time in 38 games the Browns have been favored. One other thing. I think Sam Darnold, ton of reason for optimism long-term, mid-term, even later this year, in the right spots even this early in the year. But on the road, on a short week where a rookie needs his prep time, man, oh, man, that's a horrible spot. One of my better bets of the week, Browns lane three. All right, let's get to this weekend's game. The Colts are 1-1, one and one, uh, lost at home week one. They stomped the Washington Redskins on the road. But Carson Wentz is back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles haven't had Alshon Jeffrey, didn't have Darren Sproles, and got beat with a different quarterback on the road in, ta- in Tampa and could have been beaten week one at home against the Eagles. What's your early lean? Lead story in this game, obviously, Wentz coming back. I think that drives my pick, and we started it last week, had a winner. We're going to do one over under a week, if you don't mind, and it's under in this game, under 47 and a half Colts-Eagles. Here's my thinking. Luck, hey, looked good last week in theory, but if you look at the advanced analytics, number 27, number 27 quarterback ranking last week for Luck. And then with Wentz, is he 100%? Did they rush him back a little bit because they're one and one? And even if he is 100%, won't the Eagles be a little less aggressive with calling, let's say, design runs, or maybe they're telling him throw the ball away early if you don't see it? I think it leads to a conservative game under 47.5 Colts-Eagles. Interesting to pick the over and under. All right, Bengals take on the Panthers. We saw the Bengals last Thursday night, uh, and uh, they end up getting the win over the Baltimore Ravens. They held off the Ravens after getting up, I think, 24-3 to to start the game. Now, they, they don't have Joe Mixon, and they're taking on the Panthers on the road on a Sunday. So that means they've had some extra rest. The Panthers, I believe, as of now, um, uh, I can't, favored by three. Favorite, favored by three. Who do you like? Uh, so home field's three. So Panthers by three is telling us they think these are even teams. I really don't have a great feel for either of these teams. The Bengals look good with that 2-0. But they were below 50% deep into that game against the Colts. If you looked at their expectations in week one. And because of that, you've got to wonder, how different is this line if, if the Bengals are one and one? We talked about this on a podcast yesterday. Uh, a pro of ours, Steve Fezzik, who's a big feature on our show, he said this line would be four and a half if the Panthers uh, were playing a one and one Bengals team. So to me, when you have a coin flip go your way that doesn't really say much, and it's driving a line so much, it makes me lean Panthers, but it's just a lean. All right, most people are all over the Kansas City Chiefs, right? The Chiefs, uh, they're 2-0, and and they've won two road games against two teams that people expect to be in the AFC playoffs. Pat Mahomes is setting the world on absolute fire. What say you about the 49ers coming in? Six-and-a-half-point dogs. Yeah, so right now, Chiefs at home favorite six-and-a-half. 49ers, one of my best bets of the week. This is one of those sell high, right? Buy low, sell high. We're selling high. How do you get higher 
than Kansas City. You could make the case Mahomes has had the best two-game start to a season ever. Uh, Football Outsiders did it. I think they had him second behind Tom Brady in 2011 when it comes to starts to a season. Now you add in they had two road wins against more key teams, a Los Angeles team with the Chargers, the Steelers, as underdogs in both. Now you flip it around, you look at the 49ers, they're one and one. Ah, That doesn't look so good. Jimmy G, maybe not so cute as some people think. But wait a minute. If you look at that Minnesota game, the 49ers could have easily won that game, even though Minnesota covered and won by eight. If you look at the box score. Three touchdown passes dropped by, by by the Niners. Exactly. Drop touchdowns, turnovers, the whole thing. Now you flip the other way and look at the Detroit game. You know, the, the Niners were up 30-13 to 13 in the fourth. Now imagine if the Niners had won in week one against Minnesota and won 30-13 to 13 against Detroit. How different would it? This would be like the two hottest teams. I don't think the 49ers are any different because the luck went against them in those games. By the way, Chiefs offense, awesome. I don't know if that's the new baseline for them. But awesome. Worst defense in the NFL by advanced analytics, 49ers plus six and a half. Uh, listen, the, the, their defense is terrible. I just, I guess my question, the speed of Kansas City, it seems like people are struggling to keep up with what they're doing when they change their look from week one to week two. But I tend to agree with you that the Niners seem to be a little bit underrated. Uh, Cowboys, Seahawks. Seahawks start two games on the road, right? And two difficult places. The pass rush of of Chicago, a game that they were in late and turned the ball over late, and a, a game they're in late in Denver. Now they come home, they play against the Dallas Cowboys. They're only a point and a half favorite. So neutral site or road, they're a dog. Uh, I kind of like Seattle at home. It's still Seattle at home, 12th man. Am I crazy? No, it's one of my best bets of the week. Seattle, and you said it, best home field advantage in the NFL, Seattle. Now, if they keep losing they will lose that title because fan enthusiasm is one of the big drivers in Seattle. But this is against the Cowboys. So you got to figure, national TV game, there's going to be a ton of fan enthusiasm. And Mike Lombardi, a guy we have on the show every Tuesday, bottom of the hour, he makes a great point. Bad offensive lines do not travel well at all. And... Seattle has maybe the worst offensive line, but let's say top or bottom five offensive line. They've been on the road twice, including in Denver. And Denver has a crazy record when they're playing at home in week one or week two of the season. If you go back 30 years, so we got some real data. Week one or two of the season, the Broncos at home are 33 and three straight up. Doug, 33 and three. Right. Why? Altitude, altitude, they're, and they're also the, kind of built. They're built to play at home too. The altitude, and then that pass rush gets going. But late early in the, in the year, yeah. that altitude is even more meaningful against the opposition. That's not in the the shape they're going to be later in the year. Right. The fact Seattle had a coin toss in that game, and then in front of the world they get beat against the Bears. They don't cover, but really they were driving late before I picked six. And not that they should have won the game, but a little bit deceiving against them. Seattle, just to win the game, means the Cowboys are clearly better. That spread says that. I disagree. I agree with you, Doug. Seattle. All right, last one. Steelers, Buccaneers. If you can't tell from RJ's accent, RJ Bell, uh, straight out of (laughs) Vegas, the show that follows ours. Plus, you can follow him uh, pregame.com or at RJ in Vegas. Your beloved Steelers, you want to talk about pathetic defenses. Their defense is pathetic. They're pointing fingers. They're bad. 
And then all of a sudden their offense is a dysfunctional mess. They're going into Tampa, taking on one of the hottest teams in the National Football League. Uh, what do you think? It's a little bit of uh, Pittsburgh accent and a little bit of uh, the hills of Ohio because I was an hour from Pittsburgh. So just a little more hillbilly than Pittsburgh, I'd say, <laughs> unfortunately. But I am against the Steelers here, and I'm not in the majority necessarily. Wise guys, sharp betters often disagree, and there are, is a strong contingent that says Pittsburgh excels in prime time, Pittsburgh excels when their back's against the wall. I got to wonder, is this Steeler team, though, got a new definition of what it means to have their back against the wall? 0-1-1 might not be enough for them really to feel that because if it were, why in the heck would Brown, a player I like, be skipping activities on Monday? Why is Le'Veon Bell driving motorboats and trolling the team? I mean, this seems like they are enjoying the attention more than winning. In a weird way, if Pittsburgh wins this game, they get less attention, and this is a team that seems to love attention. I, I I just don't know how motivated they are. And we can say Fitzpatrick's been pure luck. I would, you know, that just good fortune he's played so well. I would make the case the new offensive coordinator is doing some stuff schematically that is really fresh. And with all that talent on Tampa for all those draft choices, with a hot Fitzpatrick and a new schematic OC approach to things. I'm, I'm not sure Tampa's as much of a fluke as some wise guys think. We're getting points at home now with Tampa. I would take Tampa. Bears taking on the Cardinals. Cardinals have looked like uh, the worst or second worst team in football so far this year. Um, yeah, they they would be worse if it weren't for the Bills. Okay, right? right. So the Bills are the worst. The Cardinals are right there, probably the second worst team. They're taking on the Bears. They're coming up short week, Monday Night Football, traveling across the country to take on the Cardinals. But the Bears have a dynamic pass rush. Um, and, you know, like Sam De- Bradford's been checked down Charlie. The Bears are, is that a nine-point favorite by their name? So the Bears are favored actually by six on the road. If it were neutral, it'd be nine. And if it were in Chicago, it'd be 12. Imagine the Bears laying 12. This is the first time the Bears have been a road favorite by six or more in six years. Now, I get it. This is a good team. Uh, or at least an average team. I mean, are they much better? We don't know. I wonder if they're ready to be a big road favorite. This is a classic flat spot. They played a heartbreaker in front of the world against Green Bay. They have another game in front of the world, and they win, and now they're playing in Arizona, and they look at the paper and say, oh, we're supposed to win this one. Arizona, did you see them last week? Ooh. So I think potential flat spot. But I'll tell you this, if you do like the Bears, look to play them in the first half because this Nagy is scripting some amazing starts. Amazing, amazing right? Like his but script, ab- his but script what, what are they doing after that? I don't know. When the script runs out, they're like, ah, uh, ah. Uh, yep. Ah, uh, yeah. And remember, you can bet first quarter, you can bet first half. So if you like the Bears, try to bet it just early in the, the early game only. And if you like the Cardinals, maybe look for the second half. Great stuff. R.J. Bell at R.J. in Vegas. I can't find the dis- – I, I struggle to take the Cardinals. They're just bad. So am I hearing you say no disagreements this week? I'm just uh, – you like the under and the Eagles. I like Seattle at home. Kansas City feels like – it feels like a – I, it feels like that number is going to go to like seven and a half, though. If we're going to well, seven if it and is, half, you should like you should like laying six and a half. It, then it, no, if, no, if it was seven and a half, then I'd really like. No, no, I don't. I don't like that. I'd really like the Niners at seven okay. and a half, right? 
Whereas I don't, I like them a little bit less. Losing by a touchdown in Kansas City, a tough place to play. Yeah. Um, but and I like the Browns tonight. I do. I just. So you're saying I'm, RJ's perfect this week? Yeah. I don't. I don't find any direct conflict with your picks <laughs> of the week. Hey, Doug, real quick. Yes. I, honestly, it is an honor to be following you. It really is. When uh, we're talking. No, I'm serious. Before the show, it's like, guys, we got Gottlieb leading us in. Let's step it up. Uh, Jonas said you didn't like me at all, so I don't know what. Well, I listen, mean, Joe, one thing you're going to find about Jonas, he's a little, he gets a little envious and green. He's yeah. not a wise guy. Yeah. Well, listen, I can't wait. To, we got to do a show, all, all of us in Vegas, uh, knowing that uh, you guys can show us a good time in Vegas. RJ open, Bell. Open invite. Thanks, man. The show is called Straight Out of Vegas. It follows ours. Go to pregame.com for all your, uh, all your spread needs. Let's go to Dan Beyer. I'll tell you what's big in betting. All right, guys that really bet. We bet a lot of daily golf. <laughs> golf is big. And if you bet on Tiger Woods, cashing today's, in. A, today's the day you're cashing in. Yeah, see, 500 par round of 65 for Eldrick. Puts him tied atop the leaderboard with one Ricky Fowler at 500 par. Gary Woodland's one shot back. Rory McIlroy is two back at minus three. Tiger capped off his first round with an eagle on the par five, 18th. Again, tied with Ricky Fowler for the lead. Tonight, you mentioned it with RJ, Jets and Browns in Cleveland, 820 Eastern Time. Browns wide receiver Jarvis Landry expected to play despite being listed as questionable with a knee injury. How about this injury from college football? Ohio State defensive end Nick Bosa is out indefinitely following surgery to repair a core muscle injury. Buckeyes have Tulane this Saturday, but it's maybe the game after that that they they could need Bosa but may not have him. That's against Penn State in Happy Valley on September 29th. In baseball, Doug, remember when we saw the Angels take that one nothing lead? We did. We saw the Angels, Tom, a big Angel yeah. fan. How would it go after that? 12-1 A's in the fifth. So <laughs> 12 unanswered by Oakland. Yes, everyone who started for the A's today has a hit. 13 hits so far. And they are through four and a third innings in uh, Oakland. Bottom of five. Well, hey, your Brewers are doing good. Yes, they are. They are. We probably will be talking about them uh, uh, sometime soon. The uh, A's, yeah, up 12-1 in the fifth inning. How about some bad news maybe for Rangers skipper Jeff Bannister? Could be out of a job. Fort Worth Star-Telegram saying the Rangers are considering making a change with their skipper after two straight losing seasons. Doug, back to you. Uh, I like their skipper. I, uh, their team's... Team stinks. Team stinks. Team used to be very, very good. Coming up next is Antonio Brown looking for a new team. Find out next. We'll react. We'll react to Sam Darnold in Cleveland against the Browns. Plus, Joel Klatt will join us. Is Nebraska really going to start 0-3? That's only in the Doug Gottlieb Show, only on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Previously on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Check this out. Trent Dilfer joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. What do you think about that idea that, hey, we might not be able to win all these Super Bowls, but with a top 15 guy, we could win one. Tom's really good, but he's not as good as we make him look. You know, about the middle of Tom's career, I thought it was 50-50 Belichick Tom, which is fine. I think the longer I've seen him play, the more stretches through playoffs, the more comebacks, the more improbable plays that he pulls off. I've kind of tilted it more 70-30, Tom. There's a big difference between talent and competitive greatness. And I think Tom has the ultimate competitive greatness that his greatest stuff, he maxes out when everybody else tends to shrivel up. 
And that alone is why I've, I've kind of tilted that far more to, to, towards Tom than the coaching staff. Yeah, sure, they, they could be explosive with the top 15 guy. Their schemes are really good. They are really well coached. I'm not denying any of that. But there's just too many times I've seen Tom go beyond the X's and O's and be too clutch and just just kind of blow my mind with the stuff he's able to pull off with improbable odds. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That's the voice of Trent Dilfer. Let's get the voice of Dan Beyer. The Press. Doug, let's get the voice of Antonio Brown. You guys make assumptions about my emotion. You guys don't know me at all. You guys just write what you think going to get hits. Between me and you, everyone in luck and know what I stand for, know what I'm about. You know, I'm committed to this program, this organization. I'm fully here. I go to work every day. I'm about my business, and I don't take it for granted. You know, my business is winning here. I come here to win. And if we ain't winning, you damn right I'm pissed off. Oh, that's Antonio Brown. That's pretty cool. There's... There's more if you want to hear it. I do want to hear a little bit more. Go all ahead, right. give me a little more. The culture should be winning. That's all that matters. That's how business is winning. If we're not winning, I'm pissed off. I'm passionate about winning. I signed up to win. I, I work extremely hard, put 20 hours a day of my life and my body away from my family to, to win. And when we don't, yeah, I'm pissed off because I take it serious. A lot of time go into this, a lot of hard work and effort. So, yeah, I am pissed off. I'm happy as hell. Well, no, he's not Nick Saban. No, he, he's clearly not happy. Um... But it's the way in which you handle that unhappiness. It's the way in which you handle making more money than anybody your position. And he hasn't handled it well, and there's no acceptance of it. Yeah. Like, look, you're, you're, you're allowed to be ticked off. And he did not throw his defense under the bus, which he could have. He did not throw the organization under the bus for the handling of Le'Veon Bell, which he could have. He did not mention Ryan Chazier getting hurt, which he could have. He did not. So I mean, it's not all bad. But the idea that, hey, I didn't talk to you guys, but I'm always here to talk to you guys. And the only reason I'm mad is because we're losing. Like, yeah, you're kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth. That's a lot. <laughs> Just for a guy who wouldn't turn down a magazine cover. I mean, we see Antonio Brown Evers on the cover of Madden. He's been on Fantasy Football. He was on, we watched uh, Krista Thompson have a long interview with yeah. him y- yesterday. Like, he'll talk I about the things that he wants to talk about. They lose a couple games, and all of a sudden he gets... You know, he gets whiny. Yeah, I even looked back, and I know I referenced this earlier this week. It was the tirade he had against the Ravens last year on the sideline when Ben missed him for a long touchdown, and Ben ended up checking down to Le'Veon Bell. He threw the Gatorade cooler. The Steelers, it was early in the second quarter. Steelers were up 3-0. I know that's not a a sure lead. They won the game 26-9. The point being, yeah, I know you're mad that you didn't get the touchdown. I don't think throwing a Gatorade cooler warrants it, just like all of these other actions don't warrant what, or circumstances warrant his actions. You can't just go like, well, I wanted to win, and that's why I acted that way. Garbage. Y'all got a crew. You got to have a fall, guys. You also you have, to have to have a fall, guys. Yeah, you do. You do. And, <laughs> and a Gatorade guy Mark, Mark to refill Mark that. Davis, Mark Davis Bryant was here. We'd be winning. That's right. Oh, <laughs> uh, the New England Patriots right. had a ball guy, and a few years ago that got them in hot water. Right. Uh, Patriots tenant Rob Gronkowski was added to the injury report today with oh. an ankle injury. Patriots face the Lions coming up on Sunday night. You play to win the game. Hmm. Met Patricia's 0-2 and now going up against Bill Belichick, his former, two. I guess his mentor, if you will. Two. Not I guess his mentor. Yeah. It is his mentor. Oh, wow. He's a mentee. Yeah. Have you been a mentee before? 
No. I don't think I've taken anyone under my wing. I've probably taken someone <laughs> out for wings. Get out of here. You know, but uh, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe there has. Some people that, uh, who knows. What was the special you got at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings? That's what I don't know. It was the Tuesday or Wednesday yeah, special? Well, Tuesday and Thursdays, there's boneless specials. Mm-hmm. And Tuesday is the buy one, get one free. Thursday is the, the special boneless wing prices. You like that? Yes. Mm, uh, Wingstop like has your... Monday boneless wing specials. Um, He's like cool. Rain Man yeah. with the wings. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday's Wingstop. Definitely Wingstop. Monday, Monday. Monday's yeah. Wingstop. Tuesday and Thursday Buffalo Virginia. Wings. Fridays is TGI Fridays. Fridays <laughs> definitely TGI Fridays. Oh, What's yay. your favorite sauce of Buffalo Wild Wings sauce? I do it. I I order the honey barbecue, but I dip it in medium sauce. Excuse me. Yes, dip it in medium sauce. So you get that sweet I, and I got tangy. It. Yeah, I got it. You get sweet and tangy. Hey, uh, that FanDuel sports book in yes. New Jersey. They're yes. gonna pay the guy the eighty-two grand on hey, that Broncos. Pay bet. the guy. That's because it was in Jersey. Like, it's very hey, nice. pay the guy his money. Yeah, pay the guy his money. That's because you know that's be that's because FanDuel guys didn't want to lose a couple fingers in Jersey or end up. You know, in the in uh, uh, in the new in the new the next stadium that the Giants play in, the uh, sports book is going to pay out eleven other tickets that had glitches. Uh, things appear to be going well in New Jersey. Pay up um, glitches, <laughs> and and uh, the sports book apparently decided to pay out those tickets after discussing it with state gaming officials. Yeah, pay um, up glitches. How about this punishment? Oh, man. The NHL suspended the Canadians' Max Domi. For the rest of the preseason, for roughing the Panthers' Aaron Ekblad last night, didn't, they, didn't he punch him for no reason? Yes, they weren't God, even fighting. Are you kidding me? How about this? You don't play in the preseason. Okay, sounds good. I, I mean, name a professional athlete that wouldn't mind that punishment, uh, right? Sweet. Does he lose money from it? I don't. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think so. And on the NFL, you don't. But I didn't care enough about hockey to look it up. So that's, <laughs> neither do I. And that's. <laughs> That's the only time hockey will get on the show is when one hockey player beats the hell out of another hockey player for no apparent good reason. Uh, finally, Disney going to slow down the release of their Star Wars films. I oh wanted to leave a, a... No, it's true. I wanted to leave a little room for this because I know you and John are big fans. Uh, they're going to slow down both with the chapters in the main series and also the one-off films. Apparently, Solo, a Star Wars story, grossed about $400 million. And while that may seem nice for some films, not so much with the Star Wars films. Episode 9 due out in December of 2019. Episode 8... Reeled in $1.3 billion. $1.3 billion. That's a lot of wings on Tuesdays and Thursdays at Buffalo Wild Wings. Yes. Mondays at Wingstop. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore, but true price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next cars. Visit True Car. You'll enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Is tonight the night? Ramos, is tonight the night? Sure, why not? I'm talking about the Browns winning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about what Suzanne's going to tell you. <laughs> hey, there we go. Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. What about you there, Ryan Music? Is tonight the night? I'm going to go with no. Um, on, the, on the football game, right? You, oh, we're talking have, football. Okay. you got the strawberries Let's for the go. smoothie for yes. Poo. Uh, no, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go Jets get the W. Jets get the W. All right, what about you there, 
uh, Dan Byer. I'm surprised John didn't follow with the Rod Stewart lyric of going to be all right because tonight's the night. <laughs> yes, if the Browns are going to win a game, it's going to be at home on a short week against a team like the Jets. With a rookie quarterback, yes. uh, a defensive coordinator that's known for his exotic blitzes. Yep. Exotic blitzes. Glitches, right? But make sure you know this stuff. It happens. All right. It, it does happen. I agree. I think the Browns win. I think they actually win fairly handily tonight. Don't get me wrong. I'm big with Sam Darnold. I do think he makes some great plays, but he'll be under duress. Duress. A lot of duress. Straight Out of Vegas is next. Download the All Ball Podcast. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DUG. That's DUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billy Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 